We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our Conversations here with Dan. If you haven't watched last week's video, I would encourage you to go ahead and watch last week's video. We were beginning a conversation uh, as part of our bigger conversation about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We've talked about how person to person we forgive and how that might look. And then last week's video was about God's forgiveness mm-hmm. and how that process has been throughout the whole Bible. And we take some Old Testament principles and they were carried into the New Testament Uh And we wrapped it up with the point of being in a state of grace, needing to acknowledge our sin state, but not necessarily like a prescriptive, I've got to every time. If the bus hits me before I can say my prayer, am I doomed? Yeah, sort of thing. All right. So that's where we left things off. Uh, But the person who had sent in the question had kind of continuation of that, basically saying, all right, if that is the point we get to with God's grace and it's continually covering us as long as we're walking in the light and that sort of thing. But there's these, the way they termed it, kind of problem passages. Big bad sin. Yeah. So they read that and it sounds like there's some sort of sin that if I were to do it or go past it, and even if I was told, hey, look, you just messed up big time. Mm-hmm there's no way for me to get back from that. Mm -hmm. And so they were wondering, how do those passages play into this conversation about God's forgiveness and His grace? Okay. So there's a few of those, and I told Dan a minute ago what they were. So which one do you want to go to first? Let's go to Matthew 12, okay, verse 31 and 32, and you can read that one for us. All right. So this is Matthew chapter 12, verses 31 and 32. And it says, Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty bad. Yeah. In the context of what was going on here, the... Um, Christ, you know, had been uh, casting out demons and everything, and his opponents, his enemies, you know, the Pharisees, uh, they were not only not accepting Christ themselves, but were trying their best to turn other people away from Christ Hmm. by um, saying that Jesus was possessed of a demon, and it was through the demons he was doing this instead of through the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said that those that uh, commit the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. Uh, this same uh, text is reviewed in a different way in Luke 11 uh, and in uh, Mark t- uh, 3, verse 20 to 30. And particularly in Mark's version, in uh, Mark three twenty-nine, 29, uh, whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit does not have forgiveness ever. He is guilty of an eternal sin because he said, 
uh, he has an unclean spirit. Hmm. Well, uh, again, these were the enemies of Jesus who were not accepting Christ themselves and were trying their best to turn other people away from Christ. Yeah, so it's and, not that they just did one one particular sin. It's no, their whole lifestyle. Their whole life and attitude was, was against Christ. Okay. Uh, so, so that's one aspect of this. Um, I think you have to stir that in with what the rest of the Bible says. For example... Um, Hebrews 10, 26, which wasn't on this person's mm-hmm. list, I don't think. If we go on sinning willfully, yeah. there remains no more a sacrifice for sin, but only a certain expectation of judgment. Hmm. So if we go on sinning willfully, these people were willfully rebelling and persisting in that rebellion and even encouraging other people to rebel. That was their yeah. basic sin. Is that the same passage where it talks about the idea of people who want to sin more so that more grace can happen sort of thing? No, that's Romans 6, but Paul says that's not a good idea to do that. It's kind of a similar sounding sort of passage. That's why I wanted... Let's go to actually a passage that's really kin to these, I think, and that would be 1 John 5, 16. John has spoken a lot about how you can tell when a person is born of God. Mm-hmm. For example, in 1 John 2, 29, the one who's born of God practices righteousness. Yeah. In 1 John 3, 9, the one who's born of God does not keep on sinning. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. Well, when you, when you come to 1 John 5, verse 16... Which is in one of the passages they asked yeah. about. Yeah. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin that does not lead to death... He shall ask, and he, God, will give him life. That is, to the one whose sin does not lead to death. But there is a sin that leads to death. And I tell you that you don't need to ask concerning that one. All right, so here we have two different kinds of sin. The sin that leads to death and the sin that does not lead to death. Now, is this death a physical or spiritual death? It's spiritual death. Okay. And and so if you go back to the earlier part of 1 John, which is the best commentary on 1 John. Yes. In chapter 1, verse 9 that we read last time, he said, If we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all mm-hmm. unrighteousness. Yeah. So the only logical conclusion is that the sin that leads to death is the sin that you will not turn away from or you will not hmm. confess. Yeah. Now, um, very similar to this is um, the passage in Hebrews 6. Let's turn over there. Okay. Our questioner did not mention this one either, but Hebrews 6. Verses 4 through 6, you can read that one out for us. That's, it's, that's the other way. I know. It's over in the, no, this way. Over in the thin part. <laughs> Hebrews. <Killing> me. Je- <laughs> got to give me a second. Uh, yes. You're a, I know the camera has great pressure on you because you're very shy in front of the camera. Oh, yeah. Hebrews All 6, right. verses 4 through 6. <laughs> read it for us. Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. For it is impossible to restore again to repentance those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come. If they then fall away, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding Him up to contempt. All right, now the last 
part that you read. Notice the little word since. Mm-hmm. Since they are crucifying. Yeah. And since they are, some translations say openly shaming him. Yours says holding him up to contempt. Yeah. Both of those things are in the present tense. And so I would translate it like this. Uh, since they are crucifying, they keep on crucifying to themselves the Son of God, and they keep on openly shaming Him. Hmm. See, why is it impossible to renew them? Since they keep on doing this and keep on doing that, which goes right back to 1 John. So it's like... If you're a Christian walking in the light and living in the state of grace, you keep on trying to follow him. Yeah, you're not going to be guilty of one of these, this big bad sin. Whereas these people keep on crucifying Christ, keep on living against him. In other words, once you adopt this posture, like the Pharisees did, Mm. where they were persistent in their rebellion against Christ, and they were even encouraging other people, as long as you stay in that posture, mm. there's no forgiveness. There's no getting back to God. Yeah. But if you give up that posture and change your heart and you come back to God and you repent and confess your sins like yeah. 1 John 1, nine says, then your sin no longer leads to death. But as long as a person has that rebellious attitude, yeah. there's no need in asking God because he won't forgive. So none of these passages are saying that there is absolutely no way to come back from it. It's just saying as long as you live in that state, there's no forgiveness for you. That is exactly right. Okay. That's the only way to harmonize these scriptures. Hmm. Okay. Now, there was one other passage that they wanted us to look at, and just if there was anything else in there. What is he? The Romans chapter 2, to see if there was anything else that informed it or if we kind of covered all the bits and pieces. Romans 2 is is the... um, the other side of Romans 1, starting in Romans 1.18, mm-hmm. Paul is talking about the Gentiles, the idol worshipers, and how that they are all guilty of sin and they're all lost without Christ. Mm-hmm. But And in Romans chapter 1 uh, and verse, uh, what is it, um, 20-something or other, it says that they are without excuse. Mm-hmm. He says it a couple times in there. Yeah. Romans chapter 1. That is verse 20. Okay, they, yeah. that they may be without excuse. And then a little bit further down, doesn't he say it again? Let's see. It may depend on the... Let me go over here and see if I can find mine. Okay. All right. All right, so you've got uh, verse nine or verse twenty there without excuse, mm-hmm. and I don't have this Bible marked up like my other Bible. <laughs> See, um, every once in a while, people ask if it's scripted. It's not. It's not. Chapter two, verse one. I know he says it again. Wherefore yeah. you are without excuse now. In in verse uh, 20 of the other passage, it says they mm. are without excuse. Okay. But in Romans chapter 2, he switches to talk to the Jewish person who was condemning the Gentile sinner. Yeah. And he says, you also are out without excuse. 
Uh, and he says, O man, whoever you are that judges, for in that which you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. For you who are doing the judging are practicing the same thing. Mm. And we know that the judgment of God is according to the truth against all those that practice such things. Yeah. And do you consider this, O man, who judges those that practice such things, yet you do the same things, that you shall escape the judgment of God? So the idea is that everybody, whether Jew or Gentile, has sinned yeah. and therefore needs the grace of God. This is talking about people who don't have Christ. Uh, they're guilty of sin, and therefore they're they're liable to the judgment if they don't get Christ yeah. in their lives. That's so the, what this passage is. So about. this is still the idea of God's righteous judgment and the things against you is still relating back to the pre-Christian sort of state. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. And I think that's where when people get tied up in this conversation, they really do start worrying, and it's easy to see that kind of God's not going to forgive you message. In yeah, places where reading passages like this, it feels like everybody's condemned. Yeah. But you've got to realize that there is a flow of thought here in Romans. Okay. And, and Paul starts out in verse uh, chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, telling these people that the gospel is the only way to be saved. Mm-hmm. Then he brings that point home by starting in Romans 1.18, talking about the Gentiles who don't have the gospel. Yeah. And then in chapter 2, talking about the Jews that don't have the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then he works his way forward through chapter 4, making the point that there's no way anybody can be saved without the gospel. And then he brings you to the fact that with the gospel, with Jesus, mm-hmm. there's grace and there's cleansing, and that's where we need to be. Yeah. But anytime you're reading verses, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to read the bigger part of the Scripture and say, what's this part of the Bible actually about? Yeah, especially the book of Romans. I mean, it, it's kind of like a, a thesis that then carries you through to explain. So don't That's stop right. too early in Romans. No, if, yeah. if you stop too early, you're going to feel like, well, whoa, we're all going to hell. But he means we're all going to hell without Christ. Yeah. That's what he means. Okay. So these these are deep things, and, I, and I'm glad the person who sent in the question was thinking about it, and I'm sure there's more than just that one person thinking about these things, because, yeah, you can read a passage about this unforgivable sin, and and some people will wonder, well, have I done it and didn't yeah. know it? And I've said, so, I've said a lot of things, and maybe I was mad, or maybe I was drunk, or maybe something happened in my past, and yeah. I said all these horrible things, and is there, you know, that's not the idea at all. Okay. So it's more about the state of your being, you right? Know, where, what direction are you headed? Who are you living close to? If you're still trying to follow Jesus, there's still hope. Absolutely. It's when you don't follow Jesus and you've kind of turned your back and living against him. There's not only hope in following Jesus, there's real assurance in following. Very Jesus. true. Very true. So hang in there. We're all going to get through this together. We all mess up. But thanks to passages like this and the Bible narrative in general, God wants us all back uh, and is actively trying to do that for us through his plan. So keep on studying the Bible. If you've got questions and passages you want us to explore, send them on in. We'd love to discuss them, look through them. Thanks as always, Dan. And and let me throw this in before we say bye-bye. Okay. Discussing particular passages of Scripture is really good because if you get the passages context you can you can a lot of times set your mind at ease and you can really know what's going on but anyway thanks for the question we'll see you later very true have a good week guys
Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.